Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast, where Dr. Weta Brown inspires and promotes movement. She explains how it adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect, how obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to the finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, the official episode one. Today, we will talk about how I started my running journey. I will also answer questions that were posted via my social media platforms where people ask how to get started running and other questions that they had when they started running or they have now as they embrace on a possible running journey. First, let me tell you about my journey. I started running initially in high school. I was on the track team, but I wasn't any good. I just was a member of the team. That didn't last very long. And I put my running shoes away for several years. Forward to me going to residency, I had a checklist of things I wanted to do. Almost like I was dying. It was my bucket list prior to starting residency. I knew I would be very busy and wouldn't have much leisure time. So my goal was to run a 10K. I found a training plan in Runner's World. I also found a race that I could do in association with a trip. So my 10K was the Ridge Run in Chicago. I knew I would be visiting Chicago before I moved to Portland, Oregon, where I was to start my internship. So my last year of medical school wasn't very busy. I had completed electives after my first year of medical school. And I also had some other electives. So my year, although it was 12 months, actually, I only had seven months of coursework to complete. One of the months I actually went to Spain to learn more Spanish. So I spent a month with the host family. After class, I used to run several areas, several parks. I also went to a gym and ran prior to class. So most of my training was done actually when I was in Spain. I completed my 10K. I don't recall the time, but I was proud that I completed a race. I then went to Oregon to complete my first year of residency training, my internship year. After my first year, I then transferred to University of Alabama at Birmingham to complete my orthopedic residency. I transferred 
to Alabama to be closer to home. My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer my first year of residency. So after moving home and getting acclimated to Alabama, I started running again, fourth year of residency. Since my mother had breast cancer, I used to do the Susan G. Coleman walk. But that year I decided to do the one mile fun run. So I actually trained. I used to go to the track. And how I started was I would walk around the track once. Then I would run around the track. Then I would walk. Then I would run. As I progressed, I would then run two laps and walk one and run two more laps and walk one. And I progressed three laps and the four laps. And that was my mile. So that's how I progressed to running a mile. And I increased from one mile to three miles at the time. I found that after a stressful day in clinic, in surgery, studying, that running gave me an endorphin rush. It helped me deal with the stress I was dealing with, with being a resident, with being away from family, with the fact that my mother had terminal breast cancer. Running became a way for me to cope with life stresses. After finishing residency, I continued to do the Susan G. Coleman run, but I really wasn't committed to running as a lifestyle, running as a way of life. I finished my residency, then I moved to Philadelphia to complete a sports medicine fellowship. After finishing my fellowship, I joined a practice in Philadelphia. Philadelphia became home. In 2008, the year I completed my uh, fellowship, my mother's cancer had progressed. She passed away in October 2008. After she passed away, I became very depressed. I gained a significant amount of weight. I no longer wanted to hang out with friends, go to the movies, go to happy hours. I loved Philly because I love cities. Even though I'm from a small town, there's always so much to do. There's so much networking opportunities. I met so many people. I love football. It just was the ideal place, but I didn't enjoy it anymore. I was lonely. I missed my family. I missed my mother. I used to sit in my condo, look out the window, and just cry. I was significantly depressed. So I talk about this in my book, and Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, how I was talking to a good friend and he asked me, if someone came in with a broken bone, would you tell them to fix it yourself? I said, no, that would be silly. He looked at me and said, well, why are you trying to fix yourself? You need help. So I listened to my friend and got counseling. And through counseling, I was able to deal with my depression and get back to happy-go-lucky media. After I dealt with my depression, 
I realized that I needed to get back into shape. I needed to lose weight. Part of the process with me getting into shape, I started running on the lakefront. What started out then as a process for me trying to lose weight and get in shape became a stress reliever. It became part of the process of getting me whole, that along with the counseling. So I started running, progressed to about five miles. Then I ran at 8K and I got a medal and I was so excited. First running medal. I met a friend named Nicole. She used to run and I saw her at the race. She talked me into running Broad Street, which is a large 10-miler that takes place in Philadelphia in May. I used a half marathon training plan in order to train for my 10-miler. So four out of five days, I was on the lakefront. Rain, snow, sunshine. Whatever the weather was, I was out there. I was dedicated. So I ran Broad Street, 10 miler, and I ran into Nicole again. And she taught me into running a half marathon. I had already trained for it, so I said, why not? So I ran my first half marathon, Odyssey. It was their inaugural race. At the race, I met a group of runners called um, United Nation. Uche was their leader. He wasn't running that day. He was taking pictures. So I met him. He took a picture of me and invited me to start running with their group. So I started running with them. They ran Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Uche would even give you wake-up calls. I am not a morning person, even though Sometimes I'm forced to be, most times actually. So I ran with them, progressed from half marathons to full marathon. My first marathon was in 2011. Sun Trust Marathon in Washington, D.C. It was a team outing. It was one of the hardest things I ever had done in my life at the time. I had an injury called gliotibial band friction syndrome. I started doing training. I sought treatment. I went to see a physical therapist. And the treatment was helping, but I still had a twinge of pain. I ran the marathon anyway because I had trained and I said nothing would stop me. Around mile 14, I could not bend my knee. I had to limp. And I had to limp fast enough to finish the marathon within six hours. If you went over six hours, they had a um, bus that would come get you. So I limped. I cried, but I kept going. I said, one foot in front of the other, I will make it to the finish line. Two of our team members ran half marathons in Tina and I did the whole marathon. So they had finished and they were looking for me. They saw the bus and they got on the bus thinking I was on the bus when I wasn't. 
So they walked and they met me a, like a mile before the finish line. So we all walked in together. We also met a female who was training for an Ironman. The marathon was a part of her training. She was in so much pain. Uche talked to her and encouraged her as we all walked that last mile. She cried when she got to the finish line. We all were so happy. I got my medal and I was a marathoner. So that is how I started my running journey. Now, 2020, I have completed nine marathons. I also started doing triathlons in 2018, and I have completed three sprint triathlons, two Olympic triathlons, three 70.3, excuse me, two 70.3, half Ironman distance, and I've also completed one Ironman triathlon. Again, that is my start into running and how it became a part of my life and not just from a physical aspect, but from a mental aspect. Running helps my mood. Those, and it helps produce endorphins, which help make you feel good. So after I finish a run, I always have this euphoria. I always have this, this peace. And sometimes I have a lot of my mind. I'm stressed about a certain situation. And after I run, I find peace and I can think about whatever I'm going through. I have clarity about the situation. I have peace. I use it as a time to talk to God. I use it as a time to analyze my life choices. So let me now discuss some of the questions that were posed to me. One question being, in terms of running, is there a long-term knee impact that needs to be taken into consideration? Well, there have been several studies. One, I will address the study actually is called, Is There Association Between History of Running and Symptomatic Knee Osteoarthritis? A Cross-Sectional Study from the Arthritis Initiative. This was published in 2017. It is a retrospective study, so it is not the gold standard in um, studies, which is a randomized control study. And they took 2,637 participants. 55.8% were women. 64.3% were male. These participants had run at some time in their lives. They used knee radiographs or x-rays, symptom assessment, and completed lifetime physical activity surveys. They evaluated the association of history of leisure running with the outcomes of frequent knee pain, radiographic osteoarthritis, and symptomatic osteoarthritis. Symptomatic Osteoarthritis required at least one knee that had radiographic evidence of osteoarthritis as well as um, a subjective complaint of pain. And they found there was no risk of symptomatic knee osteoarthritis 
among runners compared with non-runners in a cohort, which is a, basically a cohort is you take people who run and people who don't run and with the same demographics, the same age, the same male-female ratio, and you compare symptoms to see if the runners had more symptoms or osteoarthritis than the non-runners in the same group. What they found in those without osteoarthritis running did not appear to be detrimental to the knees. So this study states that there is no increase in osteoarthritis. Some studies relate the symptoms of osteoarthritis with the intensity of running. So moderation is the key, which I've been guilty of this. I have problems with my knees, particularly my left knee. I have a cartilage injury, not particularly osteoarthritis, but I have a cartilage injury from skin, actually. So it bothers me from time to time when I do too much. And it's hard for me to gauge when I do too much. Sometimes speed work, heel training, or when I run too many days and don't rest, I can get symptoms. Also, when I try to run heavily and when I'm, say, on a ski trip and I'm skiing four or five days most of the day and then I'm trying to run as well, my knees can't usually take the impact and I get symptoms and I have to either shut down or significantly decrease my running. So my goal is to run more days and to run slowly and to run more moderate and my body will get used to the impact. And gradually my speed will increase, which takes a lot of patience. And I'm not the most patient person in the world. But that is my goal for this season because I had an injury about two months ago that started after I was doing speed training. Next question is how do you start running? I mentioned how I started running, running around the track increasing my laps. There's also a program now that wasn't available when I first started running called the Couch to 5K. There, you can find it online. There are also apps that you can use. And I know several people who have had much success with it. Next question is, what type of running shoe is best for me? I don't recommend a particular brand for anyone because everyone is different. What I recommend is to go to a running shirt store, Fleet's Fleet, Roadrunner, or there are several different other stores throughout the country where they can measure your foot. They can look at your foot and tell whether you what's called pronate, supinate, to tell whether you need a, a neutral shoe or a stability shoe. Also, most stores allow you to return some four weeks, some longer, depending on the store and their program. There's one store I am um, about shoes. I'm a member of their VIP program. You get longer options as far as when you can return a shoe. So it's best to ask those questions when you go to run a store. Often in the store, when you're running, say, on a treadmill, or sometimes they have you um, run in the proximity of the store, outside or in the actual store. 
the shoe feels great, but after you run a few miles, you realize that the shoe is not comfortable. It causes you pain, so you can return it back and try another shoe. I remember the first time I ran eight miles. This is before I um, visited a running sh- store and got a proper fit. I was using, I think, trail running shoes I got online just because they were on sale. By the end of my eight-mile run, which was not easy because it was healing, my feet were on fire. My toes hurt so bad. I was limping home. I went to a running store the following week. I wear a size nine. And I think these shoes were eight and a half, but sometimes I can wear eight and a half depending on the shoe. So he fit me for a shoe and realized, even though I wear a size nine regular shoes, that I needed a size 10 in running shoes. After I got those shoes, I felt like, oh my God, I'm in heaven compared to after I felt after those eight miles. So it's very important that you go and get fit because while you may wear a nine like me, you may need a 10. Um, and some, in a certain brand of shoe, I need like a 10 and a half. So it's very important. Next question. How do I build stamina for longer races and how to train to prevent injury? So for longer races, I recommend either get a training plan that has opportunities to ramp up and then down. And what I mean by that, say you're running, training for a 10K. So you say your first week you run two miles, then you go up to three miles, you may go up to four miles, but then the following week you go down to three miles. It gives your body a chance to rest and recovery before you ramp up again. If you ramp up too fast, then you're prone to injury. Also, a lot of programs call for speed work, heel work. I think before you add speed work and heel work, you need to have a sufficient base. So a plan that as these in, needs to add it in later. Also a more experienced runner. It may be a good idea if you're injury prone or if you're trying to increase, for say you're going from a 10K to a marathon that you get a coach. Running coaches aren't that expensive and they're also different programs. I used to run with a program called Chicago Endurance Sport where you pay a nominal fee and you run with people who run in your same pace. You have a coach. You have you can ask questions during the week. They actually tweak your program if you're out of town, things of that nature. And they're also like in Chicago, where I live, they have black Chicago runners and they have several coaches and they have a plan usually centered around Chicago Marathon. They run every Saturday pre-COVID and again, there's coaches where you can ask questions. They make it help you tweak your program if you're training for another race. How to prevent injuries. The best thing is, again, start with a good running shoe. Start with a program that has a gradual buildup and a, allows for rest or, and recovery. And also, it's important to do strength training. In order to run successfully and prevent injuries, you need a strong core, you need strong glutes, or you need strong, actually, foot intrinsic muscles. When you're imbalanced and you're weak, you put stresses on 
muscles. When I mentioned I had iliotibial friction band syndrome, that was because of uh, an imbalance. I had weak glutes, I discovered from going to physical therapy. So in order for you to, especially when you get to marathon training, I did not have any injuries until I started running past 15 miles. And then I started having Achilles tendonitis, tarsal tunnel syndrome, midfoot pain, runner's knee, iliotibial friction band syndrome, plantar fasciitis. I also got a stress fracture. I've had the gamut of injuries. So again, I think the key is gradual progression, proper shoes, proper training plan. If you can, get a coach. Not join a running group, Facebook or in person, because you're going to ask questions to people in the group. They can't answer it. Maybe they can refer you to someone who can. So these were the majority of questions that I um, was asked in my social media groups. If you have any uh, questions that I didn't address, you can um, message me via my social media platforms. You can also email me. And I will be happy to respond to any questions. Um, if I have a lot, I can do a follow-up podcast to this one. The main thing, if you're starting anything new, be patient. There'll be good days and there'll be bad days. And don't give up. I've had several injuries, as I mentioned before. I even had a meniscus surgery and I had a foot procedure because I had plantar fasciitis for like two and a half years. And I still run. And I know the frustration of getting injured. I know the frustration of setting a goal, say I want to run a marathon at a certain pace and not getting there. But don't give up. There's joy in the journey. And the goal is not a race. It's not a race. The goal is, in my opinion, is to be a lifelong runner, to continue running. So don't let your frustration with a certain run or a certain race deter you from your ultimate goal. Thank you for joining me on the journey. Writing is cheaper than therapy. Thank you for tuning in. That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Please, if you already haven't, download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on iTunes Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you have any questions, comments, or possible show topics, please email Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, OLB, Omaha Love Brown at gmail.com. Again, that is Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, O as in Omaha, L as in Love, B as in Brown at gmail.com. Dr. Brown can also be reached via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Handle We OUI Life L I V E. We OUI Love L O V E. Again, We OUI Life L I V E. We OUI Love. Thank you and please tune in again.